Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling Source Radio. The following show is scheduled for one fall with a one hour time limit. Introducing your host from parts unknown. He's the best radio announcer there is, the best radio announcer there was, and the best radio announcer there ever will be, Rodney Dion. Welcome everyone, Wrestling Source Radio, Coast FM 963, yours truly, Rodney Dion here. Got an absolutely jam-packed show coming your way, catching up with Jack Bonza, the leader of the Red Nation, talking all things PWA. We've got the Prefix 18th birthday party happening on December 7 at Max Watts Sydney, and come December 14 at the Factory Theatre, Liger Down Under. Going to be chatting to Jack Bonza all about it very soon, but also hot off the heels from Survivor Series where Australia's own Rhea Ripley absolutely killed it. Got me thinking though, got me thinking about Survivor Series of the past. That's why I've got my parents to sit down with me and watch the Survivor Series from 1997. Shawn Michaels v Bret Hart, the Montreal Screwjob. You may remember a little while ago, I got the wife to watch Hell in a Cell, Undertaker and Mankind. Well this time, Survivor Series, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, the Montreal Screwjob, my parents watching it and the results well they'll they will literally speak for themselves up next though jack bonza you're listening to wrestling source radio coast fm 963 wrestling source radio coast fm 963 rodney dion here and joining me right now he's taking a break from breaking skulls and cracking bones it is the leader of the red nation jack bonza hello and welcome hi rodney thanks for having me no thanks for coming back uh and i have to say from the get-go i saw a tweet uh, early in the week about uh, your training regiment uh, obviously having a little bit of a neck injury or shoulder injury uh we're getting back into full training i believe yeah starting to get back into it i've been starting to feel better um i've been getting the I've been doing rehab with the physio and stuff like that. It's been a while since <laughs> August where I, uh, I inflamed my C6 and C7. The disc slipped and um, had all the nerve pain. I was on painkillers for a while and I couldn't move or, <laughs> or do anything. So it's been a very positive week being able to really start getting back into the gym and training and stuff like that. We were talking before we started recording here. Um, War Games, Survivor Series, Australia's very own Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. Absolutely tearing <laughs> it up. She's definitely been the talk of the wrestling world, at least for the past week. And, um, you know, with all those big events happening, yeah? Yeah, it's been unbelievable. I actually have a photo on my Facebook of me and Rhea Ripley, and uh, it was at Central Coast Leagues Club. Mm -hmm. It was backstage when she wrestled at Central Coast Leagues Club for Newcastle Pro Wrestling, uh, probably just a couple of years ago now. And I said, hey, you know, Demi, uh, can we we get a selfie? And she's like, okay, sure. And she's like, what was that for? And I said, because when you get famous, I'm going to post this on your wall every year just to remind everybody that we knew each other and that you were famous. And now it's happening. <laughs> is she originally from Newcastle? Or She's Sydney? from Adelaide. From Adelaide. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. Okay. so she was from our friends at RCW, Wright City Wrestling. Uh, in uh, in Adelaide, yeah. So she's she's always been very good. So I've always had had her up here a lot of times and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, no, she killed it. She she had that match with uh, Charlotte Flair and. Uh, and was it um, Sasha, Sasha yeah, Banks? Smackdown, yeah. It was probably the best finish to a match I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> like the way she, she hit a crucifix pin while um, 
she was doing the uh, while like, Charlotte was doing her bridging figure yeah. eight and just had everything locked up. I just it was it was beautiful, it yeah. was beautiful to see her in the middle of that. And then the war game stuff as well, where NXT dominated for <laughs> SmackDown. Like it was it was such a cool weekend for her. Now the Australian women's like has, has always kind of been on the WWE radar. Yeah. they seem to always pick um, the girls. Is was when you sort of met um, uh, Rio Ripley. Like, did you kind of see? Did you see? Like, did you see the so-called X Factor or the something or the potential there? Like, e- even in those early days. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, she's always been. She's always been a standout talent. I mean, the thing about um, why WWE view the Australian women as being a thing it's just because there are two things. One, they view the women everywhere as being a thing because you know it's like. Um, they're a TV show. Everybody thinks you get booked because you're the best wrestler. You don't get booked because you're the best wrestler. You get booked because you fill a spot that they need. Mm. And they have tons of male wrestlers in all different shapes and sizes who, at all different skill levels who can do all sorts of different things. What they struggle to get is very talented female wrestlers. So in Australia, we have you know, any of the girls who are very good athletes, who are good wrestlers. They're automatically straight up on their radar like it's just it's such a good thing but the second thing is the quality of female wrestling talent here is so high largely because of Madison Eagles um Rhea Ripley didn't come from Madison so she came from Adelaide but I mean she just trained with the guys down there and Wright City Wrestling very very good as well but just in generally speaking a lot of the the reason why the women's wrestling here is so good and so famous because the girls all break out really easily in Shimmer and different American spots because you know They've been trained by Madison Eagles. So yeah. <laughs> we're just very blessed to have her here, I think. And I mean, like, the <laughs> likes of the Iconics as well. I believe they, they are from Sydney. They're both from PWA. Yeah. They're both trained by Madison Eagles originally. And I think uh, Emma, I think she, she was more from, I think, Melbourne. Emma's from Melbourne, yeah. but again, she was never the in-ring performer, really. <laughs> she's the she's the sports model, I mean. But they, they, I mean, all, thoughts, all different sorts of stuff like that, not to knock her or anything like that. But yeah, Madison's always been big on there in-ring stuff so a lot of the time and I believe we were talking off air Rhea Ripley I think she's 23 and you kind of thought oh I don't even think she's that I old I don't even like, know if she's that old she's, just she been, she's just, been around forever on the local scene but it's still so young she probably started when she was 15 or 16 yeah, wow. so like when by the time she got signed she might be 23 there's no way she's older than 23 Yeah, but she's still yeah very young extremely good athlete <laughs> and great to see like lo- the local talent uh, doing well overseas and I believe yeah. you said uh, you, you heard some whispers or what led to this sort of big uh, week oh, in okay. Ripley um, well one of the th- I mean uh, it's okay <laughs> there's going to be a lot of outside factors that led to her I'm sure she's been kicking ass every day and Absolutely. stuff like that but what of this stuff comes down to a lot I think is opportunity you know um if, if you're very good it doesn't really matter unless you get a chance to prove it there was one of the first things she did in uh, over there, and I can't remember if this was the May Young Classic um, or or some one of the first things that she did was there was a tournament, and um, she was out in the ring performing, and somebody else had hurt themselves, and so they had to change what was going to happen because somebody had blown their knee out. I can't remember the names; it's just it's escaping me. But what they've done is, while she's in the ring, they're like, "You need to keep going longer because because we need to give." these people backstage more time to work out what the changes are going to be because we need a different person in this match they need to work out whatever so they're watching Rhea who was just originally like oh you got 8 minutes and now you got 20 yeah, wow. or something like that go an extra 12 minutes without skipping a beat and they were just like and I think I'm sure it was Triple H was sitting there watching just going like this is really good like she was put in one of the scariest spots you can possibly think to put a wrestler and she's you know at that time maybe 20 or 21 yeah. And she's just didn't even flinch, nailed the opportunity, nailed all that. So whatever's come from there, I think, and again, it could be anything else. I could be wrong. It's just little stuff I've pieced together from little backstage stuff that I've heard. I think that's what really made them turn their heads 
sort of having the maturity to like slow it down. Well, not even just there's just the skill and ability and and not freaking out. Like imagine being on like it's your first couple of weeks on WWE television and then something like that happens to you and then being able to nail that with like I think that surprised them that they were that good Um, because I mean if you're in a position yeah like you said you could easily freak out yeah and no one would have blamed you but the fact that she you know she killed it I think that was what they really just kind of went like okay well she's something we should do whatever but again could be anything else I'm sure she's been crushing every other opportunity she's had too so I mean yeah it was just it was but it was such a fantastic thing for us to see we've all been super excited about it absolutely I've been calling it the uh, week of uh, Rhea Ripley Uh, it's it's been amazing to watch Um, we've got to take a quick break here but when we do come back we've got to talk about the PWA's The Prefect's 18th birthday party excited for this one you're on Wrestling Source Radio Coast FM 963 Wrestling Source Radio And we're back Coast FM 963 Wrestling Source Radio Rodney Dion here And joining me in the ring It is the leader of the Red Nation Jack Bonza And we're talking all things PWA The prefixed 18th birthday party Happening at Matt uh, Matt Watts No Max Watts Max Sydney Watts. December 7 so, yeah, I don't know how they got in before this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how did they get into these 18-plus show? shows? Those bouncers yeah. have some explaining to do. Um, they're fake IDs. But, yeah, no, it's going uh, to be a really fun one. A lot of the time we like to end the year with a, with a more fun and relaxed show after we have our Rumble and after we have our Coliseum tournament and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. all went really well too. Um, but, yeah, we have a bit more of a bit more bit more fun with something like that one with uh, seeing the boys have their tag team title shot and, uh, yeah is that, that's against the velocities guys. yeah against the velocities yeah so you know nobody kicks out of the schoolboy, but you know <laughs> <laughs> they're the champions so who knows <laughs> it's got to be interesting because um 18th you know um I'm, i don't want to give away your age uh, on air here uh, bonza but um i'm 30 uh, it's been a while since i had my 18th or been to a few 18s in my time but back in about 2007 the big thing for 18th was oh to get a flask and have it engraved or something and i, I was hoping to really engrave a flask and say happy 18th to the prefects and give it to you <laughs> to give to them but uh ran out of time but it did get me thinking uh like 18th birthday parties any funny stories or what was like the present of choice uh back when uh, you were 18 well, and given presents my, I, can't, I can't remember if it was 18th or 21st but we would always have yard glasses yeah yeah. The it, yard it, glass, it was less it? about flasks and it was more about whether you could do a you could do a yard glass <laughs> and it was just um, that's, one of, that's what I want to give the prefects yeah, yard <laughs> I want to see if right. they can do a yard glass right. they have no chance of doing a yard glass I don't think they can do a schooner of beer <laughs> like they're just um Soft, but <laughs> I think they I think they prefer the UDLs, those guys. But but this is the next thing. Okay, so they're the prefects, right? So they're obviously the 18th, and uh, they're going to graduate school and all that jazz. Uh, university, uh, could the prefects split up or go to different unis, or what's what's on the horizon for these guys? Do you feel? I really don't know. That's up to them. I mean, uh, I think when you turn 18, you leave high school. It's um, it's a big. Big time of change for everybody yeah. I mean everybody goes some people go to uni some people pick up trades some people do jobs some people bum around and do nothing for a year or a long time <laughs> I've, I've no idea what's in store for them there might even be like you know um, some new kids coming into high school who might want to take over the mantle of the prefects or anything like that too So, or do they want to do a Van Wilder and just keep repeating you 12 <laughs> so they can stay the longest reigning prefects they can, they can be the prefects forever yeah, yeah it could be 
fun. <laughs> but it'll be interesting. They're taking on the Velocities for the PWA Tag Team titles and another match which I'm really interested to see. A lot of uh, writing on this one. We have Shazza McKenzie taking on Caveman Ugg for the PWA uh, title. Um, this is going to be big because uh, I know we spoke a little bit earlier in the year about Jessica Troy and the PWA women's title sort of really turning in more into just a title to itself, not necessarily a gender type of title. And now that we have Shazza coming up against Caveman Ugg for PWA's main title. A lot of sort of riding on this, would you say? Yeah, anytime the PWA championship is on the line, it's a huge deal. Um, we had, I don't forget, we had uh, fans tweeting it and once saying, like, do the, does the titles of PWA ever get defended? And the answer is yes, they do. But the only times they get defended is when it's a big deal. Yeah, right. <laughs> Absolutely. So, like, uh, Caveman Ugg, you know, was in the Battle of Los Angeles this year for PWG. You know, that was a massive deal. Shaz McKenzie is like multiple times appeared for AEW mm. um, on their new on their new TV show. Um, yeah, AEW uh, Dark and things yeah, like she that. was yeah, on yeah. AEW Dark, so you can find that stuff on YouTube and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, but that's uh, that's talking like Shaz is performing in front of 20,000 people overseas and doing that kind of thing regularly. And the same with Ugg. So, like for for wrestlers of that stature and that caliber um going at each other it's it's serious yeah. <laughs> you know like um and the whole thing is Shaz is you know a fairly outspoken feminist literally taking on a caveman yeah is uh is kind of an interesting story but obviously Shaz weighs about 53 kilos soaking wet and Ugg is the biggest and strongest wrestler that I've ever countenanced so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how she handles that I think because I mean going <laughs> back to Coliseum she won the fatal four way to be the number one contender for the PWA title that's right you yourself uh, unlikely did not get the chocolates against um, <laughs> I, I mentioned in sort of sporting terms the chocolates again yeah strongly recommend looking that one up yeah absolutely, uh, <laughs> if you ever want to see that one um, that was one of the most brutal fights I've ever been in and that's why I'm very curious to see how Shazza handles though, because I tried to handle him head on, and it turned into something real, <laughs> real rough when we went head on. So I don't know if uh, I don't know if Shazza. I mean, I'm a pretty big guy. I don't know if Shazza can take that route. So it's going to be interesting to see how that match goes. Okay, <laughs> so if uh, have you had any time to talk to Shazza and give us some pointers about hey, you maybe should approach the match this way, or would if, if there's any advice you could give Shazza, what would it be? No, nah, that's not really my responsibility to talk to Shazza. I mean. Um, I'd, I'd probably more talk to Jess or Kingsley or, or Madison or something like that because they're you know, part, of, part the of my stable. Yeah. I, mean, I couldn't give two craps if uh, <laughs> Shazza wins the title or not. I just think it's going to be interesting to sit back and watch. But, I mean, I think with her, she's got to try to surprise him. You know, like It's the only chance. You're not going to beat him down physically. you know. But at the same time, he's a caveman. Yeah. He's not about technical skill. Also, he's kind of dumb. Like You might be able to fool him. You might be able to catch him by surprise or... Um, Especially if she goes in real aggressive, real quick, finds counters to the big power bomb, you know, moves out of the way of his Phoenix splash, like just stuff like that um, is probably, I think, her only chance. But at this point, we don't really know what'll work against Ox. So yep. <laughs> no one's beaten him in that long. It's gonna be, uh, yeah, it's gonna be something interesting to see what she comes up with. And let's say Shazza does uh, is victorious. How important for PWA to have a woman? As the, as the champion is that sort of like a conscious thing that PWA thinks about in the sense of you know with AEW they're trying to be very inclusive with transgender people women and all that type of stuff is that something that's on the radar for PWA? I so when we when we look at um, at stuff like that because the whole intergender wrestling thing in wrestling is a big a big hot topic and the other thing that's coming up uh, a bit more recently is fans in the crowd um, 
being disrespectful to the women's wrestlers. And that's something that's happened for a long period of time. But, like, they, they would yell out very rude things about the way the women looked and, and do stuff like that at, um, at other companies and around and, and stuff like that. And the reason why I join those things together is because what PWA tries to do is actually not make a big deal about it. I think that the best way to be inclusive is not to be like, hey, look, everybody, mm. we're being inclusive. It's just to do it. Yeah. So we don't call the matches between men and women in agenda. They're just wrestling matches. Yeah. The more we can forget about it, the more it's going to be that way. Because, you know, um, UG is presented to the audience as a big, strong caveman and the crowd chants UG, 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 and that's what they get behind, you know. Um you know, I'm I'm presented as a soldier, so people salute me. You know, if the women are presented as their only value is their sexuality, mm. then the crowd is going to get behind their sexuality. So we don't present women that way, and we don't want it acknowledged that it's an intergender thing. We just want them to be valued for their athleticism or their individuality that doesn't have anything to do with that the same way that any of the men are. We try to take gender out of the equation. So something like, you know, having the first women's PWA champion is neither here nor there if she's good enough to do it she'll do it yeah if they're in a position to do it they'll take it if not we're not going to force the issue for the sake of it yeah okay i, I like that sort of thing like you know ug is the he's the champion he's got the belt obviously and yeah. shows she's the number one contender she's obviously yeah. proven that uh, over the past 12 months and now she has this opportunity it's yeah. not because obviously she's a woman she won a match and she's been proven herself oh yeah like her gender like you said is neither yeah. here or there where it would become more important is something like you know if she wore the belt on an aew taping <laughs> right that's more the kind of thing that pwa might consider yeah. you know having your champions make it makes them a representative of your company on a bigger stage yeah. and that draws more eyes back to you the fact that she's a woman actually has very little to do with the way we think about things okay because no, i mean that, that's been a lot of the you know talks like i guess more, more of aew they've tried to be inclusive which is which is a great thing but i, yeah. I also like uh, your perspective that like don't don't make a big song and dance about it. It's it's it, it is what it is. Like type of thing. I, they're I like they're, that. they're in a little bit of a different situation. Obviously, like yeah. the bigger you get, the more you have corporate sponsors, yeah. the more people you're responsible to. Like it's um, it, it makes life harder as opposed to on our thing where we're the masters of our own domain without having to be too responsible yeah. uh, okay. to anybody else. So it can be difficult to do that kind of thing. I think if you had a company the size of AEW, I don't think you can do an agenda. I think that too many people view it as domestic violence, which is. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. But um, what are you going to do? Convince 300 million American people that their already existing perspectives is wrong? Uh, there's no, there's no point. Yeah, don't I think, bring up guns. Yeah. No, I think yeah, <laughs> keeping it separate is probably better. But that being said, the division itself should be treated seriously, and they should have their skills and stuff like that. So I think it's a whole different situation over there. But no, but I, I, I yeah. love the perspective that you've you've brought to the table. It makes yeah. a lot of sense. Uh, that is PWA, the Prefix, 18th birthday party, Max Watts, December 7. Get your tickets all online. Uh, after the break, Bonza, Liger Down Under. So excited <laughs> to chat about this. Wrestling Source Radio. It's Wrestling Source Radio, Coast FM 963. Rodney Dion here, joined by the leader of the Red Nation, Jack Bonza, and come December 14 at the Factory Theatre. It's on a Saturday. Liger Down Under, and this is in conjunction with the uh, New Japan Fale Dojo, obviously the PWA guys as well. We're going to have Bad Luck Fale. Uh, and, of course, Jujin Thunder Liger. This is amazing. This is kind of like, uh, this is the last time that anyone in Australia will be able to see this guy wrestle because uh, come Wrestle Kingdom, which is early January, he's retiring. He's retiring. Oh, he's retiring in the day after, I think. I think so. Wrestle Kingdom's January four, and he's doing one match on January fifth, which is their new, 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 like, new Year's dash or whatever. Yeah, right, right, right. So they um, 
Yeah, so he's going out. He's wrestling. Uh, he's wrestling Suzuki. Minoru Suzuki on January 4 and then January 5th has I think, that been announced has it? yeah yeah they've been building up to it for oh, a while wow. and then uh, January 5th is um, I think he said he wants to wrestle somebody he's never wrestled before so they haven't said what his last match is going to be but that should be I mean something cool but yeah three weeks <laughs> three weeks until the greatest junior heavyweight yeah, of all time <laughs> of basically of all time like he's up there with the all time greatest pro wrestlers that have ever lived and he is going to be in Sydney three weeks before his retirement he has actually wrestled in Australia once before from what I can understand it was against I think it was against Chris Benoit oh, wow. <laughs> in 1993 oh is it they would have done like a tour or like it was event? some tour or something like that or some, it was a tag or it was something like that happened um, but yeah it was he's been here He's not been here for the 26 years. Yeah, that's amazing. And then, um, yeah, this is it. It's the last opportunity. The fact that we managed to get him on a Saturday, you know, it's just... <laughs> I mean, that's one of the questions I got. How did you get him to uh, sign uh, on the dotted line? But I was, what I was going to say with uh, Liger is, I feel even if people don't know much about wrestling or much about uh, Liger, he has such a universal rec- like a recognition in the sense of the mask. Obviously, being a masked yeah. wrestler. Like, I remember when I was a kid, I saw him wrestle. I had no idea who it was, but obviously yeah. now I do. But I knowing what I know now, it's just, I feel like there's a lot of people who kind of on the cusp of being a wrestling fan, especially back in the Attitude Era and a little bit before then, may not know him by name, but they've definitely seen him in some capacity. Yeah, and I always think of things um, in probably in broader aspects too. Like, um, I was on King of Trios recently, and we wrestled Petey Williams and Scott Steiner. Yeah. So if you're an indie wrestling fan, think of how many Canadian destroyers you've seen. And then think about the guy who invented that. That was a guy, yeah. It was Petey Williams. That was him. And Jordan Grace as well, I believe. And Jordan Grace was there. But I just meant like, I mean, she's amazing. Not to say anything bad. I'm just talking about innovators. You know, like someone, it's like Jake the Snake Roberts. He invented the DDT. Mm. How many variations on DDTs? The people who do or add something to wrestling that becomes so ingrained in it the fact that you might see five Canadian destroyers at, on every indie wrestling show everywhere it was invented by someone and that was that Peter Williams guy same with uh, Hurricane Runners off the top rope like that was Frankenstein that was Scott Steiner who did that like so much of what he does and innovated in pro wrestling has been the thing Jushin Thunder Liger is the first guy to do a shooting star press for real far out Think about that. It's <laughs> funny you, you mentioned that, and because when, when I think of shooting star press, I always think of Billy Kidman because he was one of the first cruiserweights right. that I saw from WCW, and no, he did that. He innovated it. So I mean, look, you say first guy. I can also tell you that Petey Williams didn't truly invent the move, but there's a difference between the guy who invented it and the guy who brought it to mainstream yeah, totally. wrestling. And yeah, Jushin Thunderlager I think was the first person to bring the shooting star press to America. So you think of all the people who have done the move since then, like you look at like Billy Kidman, or you look at um. Uh, who was the one who was doing oh Evan Bourne yeah like just those guys who do all that kind of stuff and and every indie guy who does some variation on a shooting star you know that was that was him Thunder Liger and yeah. uh, it's funny you mentioned that because I just recently spoke to the drummer from the Animals John Steele right. and uh, House of the Rising Sun apparently <laughs> the song's so old they don't know really who originally wrote it but right. Bob Dylan put it on his debut album yeah. uh, but I think gave some other folk singers some credit but the animals are the ones that kind of made it famous yeah so kind of similar right there's a big difference between being the guy who did it and being the guy who got it over yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the big thing you know so is it um, a paycheck 
I mean, yeah. But also, <laughs> it's just the contribution. Like, if, if it's some no-name who did something and then someone famous does it on WWE television, it's the guy on WWE television who did it. Like, you, it's just it's just how things go. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, and plus, that's only the only thing he innovated. That's not the only thing he did, but that's just one of the things you can point at and just go, that's a contribution that came from that guy. So, like, him being here is such a big deal. But the way to answer one of your early questions is that we got him is he wanted to come. Yeah, he he wanted to wrestle in Australia. It was something that he was really keen to do. And when he found out that he was able, he was really excited. <laughs> and you've got like um, you've got Robbie Eagles, for example, over there with Jushin Thunder Liger. There's a video that went around of when we announced that Liger was coming to the show. It, it aired during the Coliseum, and the um, there's a, there's, a, there's a video of the fans reacting yeah. to it because what happened was there was the New Japan tour earlier this year, and yeah. there's all this stuff about Liger coming, but Liger was never coming. It was just fans demanding these matches with Liger before even knowing that he was announced for the tour, which he was never actually coming, which people were very disappointed about. So I think the fact that we then, out of absolutely nowhere, just dropped a night tour yeah. of the Coliseum, this ad for this thing, and they're like, oh yeah, ad for the show, ad for the show, and then his thing pops up, and then he's there and they're like ah! like it was and there's this huge video Robbie showed him the video of the crowd reacting and he it made him feel so good like for anybody who was in that crowd who did that thing Jushin Thunder Liger watched your reaction and he definitely appreciated it yeah, so like that's just such an exciting thing he really wanted to come he's really keen to be here it's just um something that we lucked out with man know? I've got goosebumps just talking to you about it that's yeah. amazing I mean because I remember last time we spoke and I remember you you're walking out the door you're just like yeah Sunday night at Coliseum <laughs> I'd pay attention yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and uh, so because I had to work unfortunately I was, I was flicking through uh, Twitter and but then I did come across that uh, the fan reaction I'm like yeah. that is absolutely amazing yeah yeah it was really cool and Thunder Liger uh, so Jujin Thunder Liger we uh, are about to announce very soon who, who he will be facing so keep yeah. uh, your eyes peeled on the PWA Facebook page twitter all the socials yeah 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 it was definitely one of the <laughs> we had more messages and requests to be part of this show from wrestlers around australia than we've ever got wow <laughs> for anything That's else so good everyone wanted to be there it was just one of those things it's just incredible and obviously like uh, the big attraction here but we also got guys from the uh, Fale uh, dojo we even got yeah. bad luck Fale himself who will be there in action yeah yeah which is huge on its own and uh, <laughs> I did see a little uh, a little tweet you said uh, commander eh is general that, uh, general the eh? general's yeah. coming yeah. Is, that, uh, is that a bit of a challenge to Mr. Bad Luck Fale yeah I don't know if I'd want to fight Fale <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, yeah I don't know he's the general I think maybe I'd want to maybe help him <laughs> okay okay we could see some collaboration here so between the I, nations I and uh but yeah the board I, don't, club I don't i don't really look at us as enemies so it's just one of those um it's just one of those things but yeah anytime Farley shows up it's it's cool you know and plus the rest of his guys i mean people don't realize just how hard those guys train Farley dojo but they don't get that much exposure because it's hard to from yeah. new zealand so like them getting to come over and having four or five of their guys compete against the PWA guys it's, it'll be different you know you see a lot of matchups in PWA and they're all always very good but like seeing them being forced to compete against somebody totally new and somebody totally different who have all been trained very intensely in, in very realistic styles of wrestling I think it's going to be really interesting to see that whole show absolutely and I think uh, is it Michael uh, Richards Michael Richards yeah, yeah. I think because I sort of just found him by blind like oh, on Instagram and then I realised I was watching him at the New Japan show earlier yeah. in the year and uh, there'll be other Fale Dojo guys announced and yep, obviously PWA be, uh, zone yeah Michael Richards Mark Twee um, Patrick Zigzaka, I can't pronounce his last name. Uh, <laughs> and um, Andrew Villabos. Right. 
will be the main ones representing the Farley Dojo. Farley Dojo, yeah, plus Farley himself, of course. And I mean, it, it's sort of it's like peanut butter and jelly. You have the Farley Dojo guys going up against some of PWA's uh, best. Is that yeah. something we could potentially see? Oh, it's definitely happening. It's yeah. the whole card. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is uh, December fourteen. Factory Theatre, usually at Max Watts. Um, yeah. I've, I've been to uh, the Factory Theatre. How did, how's the layup there as compared to a Max Watts? Oh, it's easy. We run wrestling there. The Lucha Fantastica shows Come out um, there. Always, are always running Factory Theatre anyway. Yeah. So we've done it there before. It's it's cool. It's very similar to Max Watts um, just in terms of being. It's a band venue. We find that those convert very easily. So um, it'll be a bit different because there'll be seats, whereas Lucha Fantastica normally uh, they don't do seats. But there's still there's the cool atmosphere. There's the big screen. There's the beer garden downstairs. Stairs. Yeah. Um, it's a great venue. Get a kebab. That yeah. is my <laughs> thing to everybody. The guy who makes kebab down that place, that every time I go there for Lucha Fantastica, like in that little stall thing? The best. Yeah, yeah, you walk in and it's just to the left. Can't remember what he's called, but he's this real big fella. He's got this deep, amazing voice. He's a friendly dude. But I mean, like, I've never had sweet potato on a kebab before. All right. Like, he was just, it's just gourmet chicken sweet potato whatever like random vegetables and all these different incredible things so my recommendation is get a kebab <laughs> and then yeah and then the beers hang out downstairs and then you come upstairs the factory theater it should be really cool mm-hmm. yeah i got a job uh, a job i got a joke about kebabs that I'll, I'll tell you off air um but yes that is uh, liger down under factory theater december 14 get all your tickets online and of course we are doing meet and greets with the pwa guys the file dojo guys and of course liger himself um liger being japanese Japanese, uh, how, how is his English? I have no idea. I have no idea. So it could be broken English or not existent <laughs> it at could all? Be, I mean, he worked in America for a number of years, so I would suggest that he could speak English, but I actually have no idea. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that'll, be, that'll be interesting to find yeah, out. Yeah, it'll be interesting to find out. I can just speak Japanese, whatever. Like. <laughs> yeah. So I might have to brush up on my Japanese yeah. just, to learn, just to learn the <laughs> so, basics, perhaps. Kinichiwa, no, kinichi like a son. Yeah, oh, yeah Kinichiwa, yeah, it's the basics, or hola, uh, I mean, uh, Spanish, or yeah. <laughs> Uh, Liger Down Under Factory Theatre December 14 do yourself a favour if you're only going to check out one uh, local wrestling event this year this would definitely be it because this will be the last one for PWA for the, for the year. year yeah I mean yeah. December 14 we don't usually run on Christmas so. Christmas <laughs> don't want to have a Christmas extravaganza no not that close to Christmas so. okay because I'm, I'm actually uh, in discussions uh, with yourself and uh, Conco and the Fudge about doing a Christmas uh, special on air okay what do you reckon <laughs> yeah okay I'll be around just, just got to get uh, Fudge and Conco uh, on, on it I reckon as well oh, that'll be fun alright all right. <laughs> Jack Bonza leader of the Red Nation thanks so much it's always great when you drop in uh, any uh, you know you said that when you left uh, last time to watch out for something should I be watching out for anything uh, in particular in the next coming days obviously besides the PWA socials with uh, Liger's match anything else com- coming up um mm. I don't think it gets much bigger than uh, Liger. Than Liger no. coming. <laughs> December 14. Check it out, guys. Wrestling Source Radio. Wrestling Source Radio, Coast FM 963. Rodney Dion here. And before we wrap the show, I said at the top of the hour that uh, I got my parents to watch Survivor Series 1997, Bret Hart v. Shawn Michaels for the WWF title. Known as the Montreal Screwjob, and my parents having zero knowledge of the ins, the outs, all the backstage drama, and just because Survivor Series has passed, I thought, what a good excuse or reason to get them to watch this. Uh, And as you'll hear, the results are rather interesting. As we kick off from the start, uh, my mum is comparing JR Jim Ross to Australia's very own Molly Meldrum. Here it is. Enjoy. Don't you reckon it looks like him and he wears the same hat? Looks like who? 
Molly Meldrum. Meldrum. Molly Meldrum. Molly Meldrum. Don't you reckon, though, with the yeah. hat? Oh, that's does. a bit chokier in the face. Well, though. if uh, Molly Meldrum had put on, uh, you know, about 20 pounds or uh, yeah. something or other, oh, that's... Oh, um... oh, has he lost a lot of weight? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm yeah. This might take a while. This match is going to be stiff, no doubt about it. A competition cannot be keener. Who do you want to win? Probably Sean Mike. Back in the day, I would have been Sean Michaels. This is. He's got the Canadian flag there, the very thrown some water on him there. This is what you used to do when you were five years old, Joel. <laughs> Watch these sort of stuff. And 25 years later, he still looks wrestling. <laughs> so he's got to get the flag, he's stick up his nose. I think he's going to, yeah, he's going to... Yep, oh, I like those sexy moves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rubbers it along his crackles. Yeah, well, you, you have to think, in some other countries, you'd get in a fair bit of trouble oh, with that. I think yeah. Germany or Brazil, maybe. Pretty raunchy, like, Well, this was, this was sort of the, this was the beginning of the Attitude Era, which were, you know, there was a bit more, especially with the females, you'd sort of see a bit more sort of TNA with the, the women, a bit more swearing, a bit more sort of edgier storylines, as opposed to your kind of 80s sort of good guy, bad guy type of stories. So this is the Canadian. This is Bret Hart, yeah. He's the Canadian. He's the Canadian. He doesn't want to lose in Canada. Yeah, it doesn't so like... this is in Canada? Yeah, it's in uh, Montreal, yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah, my point of view now, I can understand why a lot of uh, women like watch... To... Yeah, like to go and watch the... Oh, well, back in the day, uh, there yeah. would have been, yeah. Yeah. Just to look at the uh, the wrestlers themselves. Yeah, well, it's not that yeah. male strippers, isn't it? Well, <laughs> <laughs> women like that. So you like Shawn Michaels here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. yeah. Even Shawn Michaels, even the name Shawn. <laughs> <laughs> having the brother, we're having the son named Shawn, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, what about yourself here? Like, oh, I'm, back, um, I'm putting my money on this guy. On, on Bret Hart? Yeah, yeah. Right, definitely. I'm going Shawn Michael. Yeah, Dad's pro-Canada? Yeah. yeah. And you've got to say who, who you thought Bret Hart looks like? This one? Yeah. He looks like, um, what's his name, that used to do uh, stuff at the... Oh, God. What's his name? Oh, God. What's James? That guy that does that thing. The stallion. The stallion guy, yeah. You know. Oh, God. Who is it? Bill and Ted. You end up doing bloody um, politics. What's his name? You know. Come on, That guy. Come on, Dad. He did a lot of movies and that. You're talking about Ronald Reagan, are you? Oh, no. <laughs> Mel Gibson? No, you know, just, um, Can't, Sean. <laughs> James, he was in the box, you know, he did boxing movies and he'd come running down the... Not Rocky. Yeah, Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> Sylvester yeah, Stallone. Yeah, don't you reckon? Have a look at him. <laughs> running down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> did he get into politics, did he? Yeah, he tried. He tried. Yeah. <laughs> I've never thought of Sylvester Stallone no, as a uh, no. Bret Hart. Okay. Give you, you put long, you put long hair on him. Yeah, yeah, I could get it. Yeah. Maybe you look like Rambo. You look like Rambo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. Oh, he's Rambo. Now, you'll see in the background. You, you sort of saw those guys in suits, or you know, uh, see behind Bret Hart. See the guy in that sort of. I would just say that's a, a whitish, got a greyish yeah. coat. That's yeah. the owner of the company. That's Vince McMahon. So, him being out here unannounced or anything is already kind of a little bit weird in itself oh look 
He's got the American, the American flag uh, there. Yep. Got to wrap it around his neck. Oh, God. Look at those muscles. Oh, my God. Certainly be on steroids, wouldn't they? Oh. Oh, you don't let it kick me. You don't let it kick me the balls. Oh, well, I think this is no disqualification, so I think anything is pretty much allowed at this point in time. He's going to jump on him. Oh, the old ref. I wonder they got enough refs. <laughs> They're going through them like steam. The old ref bump there, so yeah. Anything can go here. Oh. Yes. Yes. I see. Look at Sean. Oh. Gra- look at Brett grab Sean. That's Vince McMahon and Sergeant Slaughter there. Watch this. See Bret Hart just spat on Vince McMahon? Yeah. yeah. Oh. And Sean Michaels is making out he's all mad about it, but he was in on it. Yeah. He's got the belt. He's got the belt. He's got the belt. So that's Joe Briscoe there, basically rushing into the back, just trying to get him out of there. Yeah. So otherwise, Jerry wouldn't survive. Yeah, they didn't. I I can understand now why you got into sort of watching <laughs> that match. Is sort of like one of those that lives in sort of wrestling history is one of the most sort of controversial or sort of you know was it was it quote unquote a work or was it real? Because there's, there's people to this day that say that was all, it was that was that was how it was supposed to happen. But if you talk to Bret Hart. You know that's not how it happens because they went they went backstage, um, and Vince McMahon um, basically went up to Bret Hart and Bret Hart actually punched him in the face afterwards. So yeah, it's and you know Shawn Michaels was playing stupid that he wasn't in on it, but he was, yeah. and um, it's one of those weird sort of wrestling sort of ones. And I just, and I thought it'd be interesting getting two non wrestling people <laughs> to watch it, and it kind of I guess it kind of to an extent it kind of flew over both your heads a little a little bit, did it or? Yeah, a bit. Pretty yeah. much. It did me a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, I probably wouldn't have picked up that it was... Um, that it was, yeah, that not, orchestrated. That orchestrated like that. That wasn't supposed to happen. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Because the whole way through it, I'm thinking, how are they going to um, get a winner out of this? Yeah. I thought it was um, for real. Yeah, and, and, and that's why it finished so quickly. You didn't have... Usually you have a champion on the belt at yeah. the end or something, but he basically just got rushed out of there and, uh, yeah... Oh, it's entertaining, I'll give you that, but it was a bad place for him to lose in Canada. So um, that was the uh, the Montreal screw job, guys. Uh, yeah. That's why they call it a screw job. My wrestler got screwed over. That's what happened. Thanks, guys. And that just about wraps up Wrestling Source Radio, Coast FM 963. Check us out on Facebook at Says Source or the name Wrestling Source Bottle Club. Everything else is at says source, as in tomato sauce. And we put our shows on Spotify and on iTunes where you can subscribe to the podcast. Give us a rate and review. Talk to you next time. Wrestling Source Radio.